a lot of us, we get these ideas in our heads of like, oh, I'm going to do this membership or I'm going to do this program and like the container, like kind of like how we wrap up the service or the offer. But in times like these, like if you just stay focused on what your clients and customers problems are and provide solutions, even if they're not maybe exactly as you imagined it, you'll be fine. Yeah. Like it's, it's people who just get too wrapped up in their own genius and their own ideology that get in trouble. You are listening to the Not For Lazy Marketers podcast, episode number 426. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. For this episode, I have an incredible entrepreneur, a friend, and slash we've known each other since the beginning, I feel like, of our journey. So we can talk about that a little bit. Julie Stoyan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. Well, before we dive in, will you just give a recap of who you are? If for those of you who don't know you and what you do, you do a lot, but a quick (laughs) summary of that. Yeah. So, well, right now I am, I do two things. Number one, I'm the co-founder of, um, Funnel Gorgeous, which is a marketing and software company that combines like knockout marketing with like brilliant design. So, you know, a lot of our audience are women, but, um, we teach all kinds of things when it comes to sales funnels and launches and offer creation. And we also run software that helps enable you to do that. So that's sort of like my main gig on the other side. I do have a private mastermind consultancy that has about a hundred people in it. And that's where I get to workshop all these new ideas and experiment. And it's super fun. And that's the digital insider. So those are my two businesses. Um, I came from the world of web design and copywriting. I was a service provider. I launched my web design business in 2014 and I eventually transitioned into sales funnels and then built my own sales funnel and started doing courses. And, um, it's been kind of a crazy journey along the way. And I've met a lot of incredible people. Emily, i I think I've met you like back in 2015. I know we should almost talk about that for a second because (laughs) it was like in the OG days. Yeah. So it's been a wild, wild ride to get where I am. Yeah. And you are just always been like such a go-getter, such an inspiration. And so I don't know if you remember this, but we worked on that client together in like 2015. And that's the first time I met you. And I can remember like being on group calls and you were doing, I think some marketing and I was still a virtual assistant and I was doing like the back end. So it's so cool because that was like before either of us, I feel like really started to get momentum and success in our business. And we were in that like service provider place and we both like ended up working on the same client account. I totally, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. And we were both kind of in the teaching virtual assistant space for a while. Um, and then you kind of went more into ads. I went more into funnels yeah. and yeah. 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 And then you totally like started to blow up and get, you know, super popular. And I was still, no, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> you- <in> the scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, so I always appreciate too, like for, for those of you who don't know you 
follow Julie because your writing is incredible. I'm always like, oh, how does she do that? Like it just, you're the way you speak and connect with people through, especially the last couple of years. That's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is like your perspective is really just so inspiring. So I love how you connect with people. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Gets me in all kinds of trouble. But yeah, <laughs> I love it. Well, I want to dive in. One of the things I'm excited to talk to you about is we both have such a cool perspective of kind of like a lot of businesses and what's happening in the industry. And I feel like both of us try to stay kind of proactive for our audience and like what's coming and what to do. And obviously mm-hmm. we're in unique times right now with like recession coming. And I'm sure you've seen it start to impact businesses like I have. So what are you kind of saying of like what, what people should be doing right now, what you feel like is coming in the near future for businesses, what maybe you're doing? I know that's like a lot of questions, but I'm curious all your thoughts on that. Yeah. You know, I I've heard a couple of, you know, different perspectives, you know, a couple of people in my mastermind have said that recessions are actually great incubators for new businesses. So that mm-hmm. if you are if you are in a market where you're targeting business owners or people that are going to want to get into the freelance world, um, the recession may not hit you as hard, um, Mm -hmm. because people need to figure out how to make more money. And that's what a lot of us do. So, um, obviously keeping things affordable, like not drinking your own Kool-Aid to the point where your prices are just like, exorbitant, you know, I think we've seen that in the industry where it's like, you know, $10,000 a month for access to my brain for one hour a week, you know, you're like, uh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Um, so things like that, that I think you can do. And then just really attaching yourself to an audience rather than a container. I think what I mean by that is like a lot of us, we get these ideas in our heads of like, Oh, I'm going to do this membership or I'm going to do this program. And like the container, like kind of like how we wrap up the service or the offer, but in times like these, like if you just stay focused on what your clients and customers problems are and provide solutions, even if they're not maybe exactly as you imagined it, you'll be fine. Yeah. Like it's, it's people who just get too wrapped up in their own genius and their own ideology that get in trouble. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And I feel like I've not said it that way, but been talking about how I I feel like a lot of people are needing to pivot offers and adjust things right now. It's like very much. And what I'm seeing is the people who are like so stuck on what yeah. worked before. Like I had it working once. I don't want to change it. I want to be removed from my business. Like, you know, yeah. are really struggling and it's like starting to hit them. Whereas I know myself, I don't know about you, but I definitely had to like last year had to make some big adjustments to my offer to just continue to, obviously we were hit with iOS, but continue to solve our audiences and customers problems. And I feel like if you're not open to that, if you're putting yourself in that box, it's going to be really difficult, if not impossible for you. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what about from marketing perspective, obviously in the last year has been crazy with like ad costs. IOS updates. What do you feel like? I think I know what your answers are going to be, but I'm curious, like what you're, you know, teaching your mastermind, what you're having people focus on with the increased ad costs and and the increased struggle kind of people are experiencing with, with growing their business potentially. Yeah. I think I'm, you know, a lot of people got online in the heyday of Facebook ads when you could just turn on an ad and watch the money come pouring in. And so I talk a lot about these like big buckets of marketing. So there's, you know, social marketing, which are TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, 
there's uh, search marketing, which is, you know, YouTube and Amazon and Google and Pinterest and, and search-based. And then there's relationship marketing, which is, you know, stages and affiliates and, and collabs and that kind of stuff. And then there's paid marketing. Mm-hmm. And, and my argument has always been that paid marketing just amplifies what you're already doing in those yep. other three buckets. The problem is most people just hung in the paid bucket and never really developed mm-hmm. Um, a content creator mindset. And so what you've, what you've got happening is a whole bunch of business owners who are not having luck with ads now moving onto these platforms to try to grow. But if you're not going to take the position of a content creator, you're never going to get anywhere because there Mm -hmm. are people on the platform and all they do is create content for that platform. And then you're over here just, you know, throwing shit up wherever it goes. And like, not thinking about like the platform and the audience, like you're never going to get traction. And so it's been a lot of, okay, and maybe instead of spending $30,000 a month on ads, maybe spend 15 and Mm -hmm. then use that other $15,000 to create systems around other types of marketing strategies that are going to get you those audiences. So that if that ad dies, you're not like in your pickle. And ultimately creating that super valuable content, because whether we like it or not, like you said, we're fighting against people who that's all they do all day long is create content. How do you help, you know, the businesses who don't have like the big teams or a lot of support? And like, I I know a lot of my members of my program get so overwhelmed. Like I have to do all this stuff and create all these strategies and I'm on my own. Like, can I even do this kind of feeling? And and what do you, how do you help those people? Well, it's just, you know, taking small bites at a time. So if someone is, you know, comes and they say, okay, I don't have a whole system, but I really need to get myself out there. Relationship marketing is probably going to be your biggest return Mm -hmm. building an SOP where you're building relationships with people who already have traffic. Yeah. The second bucket that I usually take people on, unless there's a good reason to go search, I usually go social next because you can be overwhelmed, but listen, anybody can TikTok. Yes. Anybody can reel. Like you just set yourself up for success, like get some systems in place. Like, you know, there's plenty of people I think of like Elise Dharma's on video membership, you know, Mm -hmm. where she delivers trending topics every, you know, week. Yeah. Like if for like 30 bucks a month, you know, like, and then batching your content and you can do it. It's just that somewhere in there is a belief that like, it's not going to be worth your while. And that's why you're not doing it. But once you believe it, then you can do it. Yeah. And I think it's just creating the consistency. That's like the most important thing is if you can't post every single day, do it twice a week and do that every week. No questions asked and show up consistently. And when you look at people like us, it's like, that's why we have an audience is we've shown up consistently since I knew you, like, you know, however things changed and shifted, you still showed up and, and provided that value no matter what, no questions asked. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, I definitely not when I have not won the award for necessarily being like the most consistent in the way my content comes out or like, am I emailing, am I Instagramming, or am I staying in my right content buckets? But I have learned the habit of showing up no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. that has proven itself um, yeah. over time. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I want to get into like, what are people not talking about that's in Julie's brain? Cause you're so like, you're just so your opinions I love. And when you share things like, what are people not saying about 
digital marketing, the people that follow us, you know, online businesses and brands and courses, coaches, that, that industry, like where are the mistakes happening? Where are the things that people have, you know, I don't know that people are talking about that you talk about that I know you have in your head. Gosh, I mean, obviously a big topic that, that Kathy and I talk about a lot is ethics and marketing, but I Mm -hmm. think people are tired of a lot of the same old, same old when it Mm -hmm. comes to tactics, like the buyers are smarter than ever before. Even if you just think about like, I know Twitter has been around for a while, but like, it used to be like, if you had a crappy experience on like an airline, you just had a crappy experience on an airline. Mm-hmm. And then you maybe wrote into the, the guy. Now you can go viral in like a hot minute. You can target, you know, the, the Twitter account of the company that you're pissed at. Mm-hmm. There's like no hiding anymore. And so I think a lot of these tactics, a lot of these sort of overpromise, underdeliver. None of it is working the same way anymore. And yeah. so I think there are a lot of businesses and a lot of entrepreneurs who have run into this problem of like not really having enough meat in their business, mm-hmm. but on the outside, they just say they're burning their business to the ground because they've got some new enlightenment and they're doing something right. like, yes, okay, but you're actually shutting your business down because it's harder than you thought. Yeah, Money isn't coming in. People are annoyed at you but you're coloring it as this, like, you know, spiritual transformation into a new niche. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's happening so much in the last like two months. And it's, it was predictable, right. For some of those businesses, because the foundation was missing of connection, serving your audience, being the number one priority over. And and I think, I also think a lot of these people don't actually want to build a company. So they want to build, they just, they're they're influencers. And then as soon as they hit a certain revenue um, and then the cracks start to show, or they don't want to become managers or they don't want to like have to think about maternity leave policies and health insurance for their employees. Like it all, they just kind of burn it down because they just kind of want to just stay in that sort of honeymoon cycle. Yeah. And then those that have staying power will actually push through all of that difficult stuff to try to establish themselves as a true organization. Yeah. And honestly, it's like a reset that's been happening that needed to happen in this space because I know, and I mean, you come from like building a team and having to be a leader and have that kind of like no ego mentality. And that's missing from a lot of places in this industry. And like, you can't, it's, there's a time stamp on how long that will last until it, it just falls apart. And like, even in really big companies where, um, I'm, we're seeing it happen, like big, big companies, way bigger than you you are mine. Yeah. Um, where the product is not, it's been more about the marketing than the product and the product, Mm. you know, is losing its luster, so to speak. And you see this whole, like, oh, we're just going to go start over and build a new shiny object. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to throw in your, you know, and you're going to buy it hook, line and sinker. Like that's getting old. Yeah. And people are wising up to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely weeding out, weeding out those businesses. So if we were to summarize, if you're someone listening, you're like, well, shoot, I don't want that to happen to me, or I don't want to become that. What should they be prioritizing and thinking about in order to 
have the solid foundation and, and be around in 10 years from now? Yeah. I mean, I think again, attaching yourself to an audience versus a particular offer is, is mm-hmm. always a short bet. If you know that you want to help, let's say, you know, you know that you want to help young moms and you have a product out there on the market. Maybe that product is not going to have a forever shelf life, but you're committed to that audience. You're committed to showing up, listening to what they need, providing solutions, getting rid of your own ego, um, doing right by not just your customers, but also your team members. Like you'll be around like you, it may, you know, it may switch iterations over time. Like Amazon used to be a bookstore, you know, but it's still, but it's still here. So I think that's, my advice to people who want to stay in it for the long haul. That's like the number one thing. Yeah. And I'm seeing like those people who are are so set on what was working in their heyday being like something to try and repeat are struggling big time right now. And I think the, the other thing I would love your opinion on with this too. And and in my opinion is like, if, if someone's in this for it to be super easy, like literally quit tomorrow because (laughs) The concept of like passive income and like, once you get this, like you're not going to have to work. And even like your team can just work for you. Like, yes, you can build systems. You can leverage a team. You can leverage marketing. You can leverage a funnel, but nobody is actually experiencing where they wake up and it's just so easy. And like, there's no stress and there's no struggle. It's it, like the digital marketing world totally sold that dream. But prior to right. the, prior to the entrance of digital marketing, people started businesses usually because there was more income potential, but they knew that that meant that they would have to work hard right. to do yes. it. Or it was based on like some bigger mission, vision, impact, like a problem that they wanted to solve. Again, in both cases, business owners, whether it's for more money or more impact, knew that they would have to work hard to get those things, but they were willing to do that outside of, they were willing to take the risk. They were willing to work harder than an employee would work because those were the bigger yeses. And it wasn't until digital marketing got on the scene Mm -hmm. that the get rich quick, which I know we all make fun of now, but it's still, it's It's still still something people chase a hundred percent. They still chase like I want to make a hundred thousand dollars a month and work 10 hours a week. Yeah. You know, I'm just yeah. like, okay, yeah. dude, like, <laughs> I know. And it's you like, know. it, and, and I've seen behind the scenes of so many businesses that it might look like the founder is got it figured out and they've got a team and it's not hard and they can have these huge seven figure launches. It's like, no, they are working their ass off. They are stressed. Like they have the same, you know, not the same problems, but they have problems. They have stress, they have struggles and they have to show up when they don't want to show up. And they can't, you can't, you know, create this like passive machine where you just do nothing. Yeah, no. And not only that, but like, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. Like, okay, even if I'm not working 40 hours a week as a service provider anymore, Mm -hmm. like slogging through copywriting and design, as a founder, as a CEO, like when a legal issue comes up or, you know, there's like a team issue or like, I'm, yeah. I'm still working those same hours. I'm just doing different things. Right. And for those people who've had success, you know, oh, they had their million dollar launch. I guarantee you they're up late at night thinking, how am I going to repeat that? Like, yeah, there's that fear of like, okay, it was great now, but it doesn't mean it's going to be great tomorrow. Right. And that doesn't go away. Like that feeling right. just doesn't go away. 
or a big mistake happened and your name's attached to it or a team member quits. And now what's going to happen is like the list is endless. And that's what you're signing up for when you are a business owner. And I'm like, have been the last couple of years, like so tired of, of that, the the people who are like, well, I just don't want to work, but I want this really successful business. And I think there's, you know, a blend of like, there's a lot of like anti-hustle culture and that used to be right. Like you got to hustle and work all the time and Yeri V and it's like, it doesn't have to be to that level, mm-hmm. but you do have to be willing to show up when you don't want to show up. And if exactly. you're not willing to do that when it's hard and whatever that hard might be, like you don't have the ad spend, you can't pay payroll or something yeah. failed or you embarrassed yourself or, or something didn't yeah. work and you feel like you're failing. If you're not willing to show up when it's like that, you really should just go get a job. Because that's way safer and you should just save yourself the headache of the next several years trying to get something to work that's never going to (laughs) work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. And I think those businesses are being weeded out right now. And I have been saying that for the last like two years of like, if you're not willing to do this, like get out, (laughs) like sit down. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there needs to be like a correction of, of what's reality in the digital, you know, and it was coming in the digital marketing space. Cause you're right. That dream was sold. And I feel like people still make fun of it, but yet they still, I see them every day, still chasing it. They still chase it. They still, chase yeah. It. yeah, they don't even realize they're chasing it, but they do. Yeah. And, and also, you know, you've built a team and, and gone through a lot of like leadership growth. I feel like me too. And I think that's actually helped me so much because sometimes I see behind the scenes of businesses where these CEOs are trying to operate like they're like a hundred million dollar company and like, they don't have the foundation and the team in place, but they're like, I just want to work two hours a week. And like, my team's going to handle it. And I'm going to live this dream. And it's like, no, that comes after like 15 years of like work and foundation building and showing up and doing that work. And like, it doesn't even happen in a year that you can get there. Yeah, for sure. And then something happens and you have to pivot and change everything. It's like, that's, that's the reality, which speaking of, of pivoting, I'm, I'm curious, like in your own business, have you experienced having to do that in the last couple of years more so, or I feel like you've stayed pretty consistent with your offers and and what you're doing. But I I also think it's not really normalized that pivoting is normal and change is normal in business. And people are really resistant to that right now. Yeah. I've stayed attached to my audience. My offers have changed, but I have stayed attached to the people that I serve. I mean, I think, you know, if we look back 2015, 16, 17, we're, we're my create your laptop life years. And I was teaching sort of that freelance become a digital marketer still in the funnel space. Um, and in 2017, I opened up digital insiders, which again was teaching people marketing and sales funnels and things like that. So and Digital Insiders has stayed relatively consistent since 2017. Um, that was a program that I built from the ground up, not built out of like a reaction, but like proactive. And I've seen the difference in building things that way. And so mm-hmm. I've really been very proud of that. But um, the two years that I worked for ClickFunnels when I was, when I was over there as VP, mm-hmm were rough years in my business because it's hard to be VP and run your own business. And so, and that was kind of the era when funnel gorgeous came online. And so I did sunset, create your laptop life and all of Mm -hmm. my offers and rolled them into funnel gorgeous, which, um, has remained pretty consistent. Yeah. Um, since 2018 when it was, yeah. 
But you've definitely, like you said, I love that, like stay attached to your audience because that's the key and it's okay to have to pivot offers and Mm -hmm. need to change things. And I had to, you know, with iOS, like we had to change a ton last year in terms of how we were supporting people in the level that we were providing support. And I, Mm -hmm. I think that's, yeah, really important to realize like that change and that pivot is inevitable that it's going to happen. Yeah. I know I struggled with like, okay, at what point is it like losing focus versus like needing to change? And like, where's the line with that? Because I also preach like you've got to focus and you can't have three businesses, but you also have to try new things sometimes if, if what you're doing is just not working. Yeah. It's a tough, it's a, it's a tough, tough call. I I usually tell people like when they want to pivot, I want to know how much of a shot have you given this offer Mm -hmm. or this idea, you know, have you really gone all in guns blazing, like the very, very best you can give it for multiple months. Um, and the numbers and the feedback and the result, like none of it, it's just, it's all, it's all so hard. Yeah. Um, usually when that happens, you're like, okay, it's time to pivot. Yeah. And then sometimes you ask them that question. They're like, no, it's actually going well. And then they, but they have this new idea. Mm. And I always just say like, okay, well you can give the idea some legs, but like force it to prove itself. Mm -hmm. Like, don't just like throw all of this away. Like, I know it means kind of holding two ideas together at one point, but like force it to stand on its own two feet. And if it does, then you maybe can let something else go. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, like you're banking on a, you know, you're betting on a horse that you haven't seen run a race yet. Right. Yeah. That, and I think it's so true. Like don't, don't pivot because it got hard. Like that can't be the only reason. And, but if it's like so hard, you're doing everything you possibly can do and, and something, especially that maybe used to work isn't anymore. I think that's a symptom of the markets change. Their needs and wants have potentially changed. And the other thing is too, like, you can't, you can't really mess up that bad. Like you try something, it doesn't work. You just pivot it a little bit more. Like you have to be willing to mess up. I feel like, and not wait for that, like Mm -hmm. perfect thing. Everything's aligned and it's guaranteed to work for me with zero risks. It's like, that doesn't exist. I mean, I try stuff all the time that doesn't work. And it's like nine out of 10 things don't, but the one out of 10 that does is my success. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and operating like quickly and then not being afraid to just, okay, move to the next thing. And what, you know, what's next, which I, I think you do that really well too, is like the pace that you move. You don't wait for it to all be aligned and perfect before you take action. Right. Yeah. No, you really, you really just, you have to, you have to action is more important than, than planning. I love planning, but like, I know so many people who spin in plans for mm-hmm. months and years and never get anywhere. And like, action will make your plans more clear. Yeah. And nothing is ever going to go as planned ever. No, no. There's always something that's going to come up or, and you have to be open to that or you might miss things right in front of you that if you're so attached to your plan that you didn't even notice. It's so true. Yeah. Um, okay. A couple more questions. I want to ask you and we'll wrap up. I, I want to know just, it's been cool watching your journey. I'm curious what you would say to like what the top two things contributing to the success you have created in your business and continued to create, sustain and grow through a lot of change online and change in your life and your business. And you had, 
you know, VP at ClickFunnels and then back to your business. And yeah, what do you feel like contributes to your continued success the most? Um, I think it's my priority on relationships. I think that whether it's relationships with collaborators or relationships with my audience, Mm -hmm. I I have a high value for relationships. And so that drives a lot of my decision-making, which I think is why I've been able to like withstand a lot of the ups and downs. I have people that have been following me since 2012 that are still, you know, a decade later are still kind of hanging around. So, um, so I think that's a big thing. And I think the other thing is that I am not afraid to fail. Mm. I'm afraid of a lot of things, but I'm not afraid to fail. And so that has created a sort of a work ethic in me where I'm like, I'm going to try this. It may work. It may not work. It's definitely not going to be perfect. Um, and I think that a lot of people don't know how to just put one foot in front of the other and do it and, and do it when it's uncomfortable. And so those are the two things mm-hmm. I think that have made it. I totally agree. Yeah. And I see that in you too. And I, I totally agree, especially the yeah. discomfort zone. You've got to be yeah. in there almost <laughs> daily if you want to be growing. Yeah. Um, it feels like an old friend at this yeah, point. Yeah. Right. You're just used to yeah. it now yeah. <laughs> every day. Um, one of the things I've like been open about on here in the last year is just the, the struggles, the good, the bad of business. And I just don't feel like people share that enough. Like you see everybody's highlight reel. And I really try for my audience to show when things are not the highlight reel. And I've seen you do the same. What do you do for yourself and like for your own growth to be able to handle the increased pressure, whether that be like breadwinner or business or payroll or something didn't work, or maybe it's like somebody's mad and it's your face on the business or, you know, I've had mistakes that I have to own that I had nothing to do with, but it's my responsibility at the end of the day. How do you handle that pressure? I pay a lot of money for coaching (laughs) and therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think about like, there's a few people in my world, world, you know, I had a a therapist for several years. I have um, a coach that I'm working with now. I have um, Helen, who's a coach in digital insiders who I, you know, pay good money to, and sometimes leverage her expertise. Mm-hmm. I just have a lot of people that are sort of insulating me from like doing something too stupid. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just like this, like barrier around yeah. me so that when things go sideways or, you know, I remember a couple months ago, I woke up on a Saturday morning, my phone had blown up. People were like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, what are you talking about? And some guy had posted that I said his gay dad was going to go to hell because he was gay. Like it was the most, Oh my gosh, ridiculous thing I'd ever yeah. heard. And I was like, yeah. you know, but, but of course it went like it blew up and it's just like having that like yeah, barrier around me so that I can spout and be annoyed and be mad, but mm-hmm. then not make a bigger mess on social media yeah. has been really important. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's hard, like, people don't fully understand when you are the face of a brand and the more that that grows, just how much pressure can be on you and slash combine that with breadwinner and having employees and having to be, you know, at the end of the day, everybody's looking to you for the answers, like, you know, at the end of the day. So I think normalizing that, that like the highlight reel is not the reality for anybody. And I know we both know successful, bigger businesses than us business owners. And it's like that 
just increases the more success that you have, the more pressure. And then, like you said, the more protection that you need to try and build around yourself to be able to handle that. But I, I think acknowledging that it's there and it's never going away. And it's like, I feel like a lot of times whenever I feel a lot of pressure, I'm like, okay, I'm being handed to this because I need to be able to take this so I can go to the next level. That's just going to have more pressure that I have to tolerate and be able to live. I, uh, I always tell people, I was like, when I was little, I used to play the Mario brothers and I would always just repeat world one. Cause I hated the harder bosses. And I just wanted to like play like level one over and over <laughs> and over again. And, and, you know, I always say in business, like, you're going to, you're going to like beat this monster, this bad guy, this mountain that you have, you realize that your reward for that is a harder one next. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a series of harder challenges. Yeah. yeah. It, and it just, yeah. And you just basically increase your tolerance as you go that you can handle. I mean, if we think back to when we were on that client call, like there's no way I can handle what's going on today at that time in my life and starting my business. So true. So true. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time today. If anyone wants to follow up and learn more about you and your content, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah. So you can go to funnelgorgeous.com. That's got a lot of awesome free and low cost offers. If you're working on marketing or building your business, if you want to hear more of a smorgasbord of like personal development, productivity, and business, you can go to my website at uh, juliestoyan.com. I highly recommend I I followed Julie through all of her so far journey and uh, from afar sometimes, but I feel like we're always slightly connected and I am continually inspired by you. So thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the not for lazy marketers podcast. Each episode is brought to you from the trenches of Hirsch marketing, where our team of industry leading copywriters, marketing strategists, ads, managers, graphic designers, and tech wizards use their unique genius to help our clients profit more and scale faster than they ever dreamed possible. Want to see what happens when we unleash our experts on your brand? Head over to helpmystrategy.com and apply for a free strategy audit with Team Hirsch. No matter where you are in your marketing journey, we have solutions to take you to the next level and beyond. So apply for your call today and discover what marketing magic we can create for you. Thank you.